everyone. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 29. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If this is your first episode, welcome. If you have been listening, thanks for coming on back. Um, I just want to say thank you so much before we get started to everyone who has reached out this past week and written reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. That really does help people to find the show. Um, But this past week, I swear I've connected with so many new and wonderful people, amazing listeners, and I am just so thankful every week to be hearing from you guys. It's really, really incredible. Uh, We're actually coming up on six months with the podcast. Uh, Next week will be six months, which is crazy. In some ways, I can't believe that It's been six months already, but I also just feel like I've been doing this forever. (laughs) Um, But thank you so much, everyone, for coming on this ride with me. It's been so fun and just so amazing to connect with everybody. Um, And today's episode is really exciting. I am speaking with Eileen, who is the founder of the blog Autism with a Side of Fries. And I'm sure most of you listening probably follow her. We talk about this in the episode, but she was really like a a pioneer, I feel, <laughs> in the Autism Mom blog thing. She has been doing this um for 7 years. She she talks about that in the episode. So she really came out and was was doing this before a lot of people were and I personally have been following her for a long time and I just I love her honesty and her humor uh and just her realness and that all totally comes through in the episode. She is just a gem and she has a lot of wisdom to impart, which I really appreciate. And I, I know that you guys will too. So with that, I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Eileen. Hello, Eileen. Hi there. How are you? I'm very I'm good. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Thank you for having me here. Thank you so much for being here. You and I were talking before we started. We've had like some major scheduling snafus. <laughs> so, I'm but like, so de- <laughs> by, like by any determined parent, we finally made it work. We figured yes. it out. So <laughs> yeah, so true. So true. We, we finally started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yes, um, exactly. okay. <laughs> I am so I'm so excited to have you on. Um, Eileen has a blog that I'm sure many of you are familiar with, and it's called Autism with a Side of Fries. And her and I, again, we're talking before we started recording. And I said, I'm like, you're like the OG of mom bloggers. Because like, <laughs> I, you, how long have you had the blog? Uh, it'll be seven years coming up this summer. will be yeah, the seventh so year I mean, anniversary. Like, yeah. I mean, blogging itself hasn't even been around for all that long. So I feel like you, especially like, I was saying like just before Logan was even diagnosed and I was just kind of like dipping my toe into like that world and trying to find information and support, um, autism with a side of fries, like kept popping up. And so I've been, I've, I've known about you and been following you for years. I'm so, so excited to, to get you on the pod. I'm, I'm really excited. You're making me feel like a very swelled head right now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You I appreciate it. it. <laughs> no, you, you have, you, I mean, you've helped me and I know you've helped so, so many other people. So I'm so excited for everyone to listen to this people that, that follow you and, and not because it's a different, it's a different medium. Like we always hear your voice, you know, in writing, um, but I'm excited to hear, you know, just kind of in your own words. So if you will kind of take us back to sort of the beginning of, of your journey and how that started. Um, well, my time with autism has actually started before I even had my son with autism. Um, for nine years, I worked with children um, primarily on the autism spectrum. So I always joke, you know, I was in the in the pit and then I got leveled up <laughs> when I had my kiddo. And, uh, <laughs> and I worked primarily doing job coaching and pre-vocational training in a private school uh, that was for children with disabilities. And most of my students were on the spectrum. Um, And then I had my son. And after about a year of working, I decided I was going to quit and be a stay-at-home mom 
because part of my um, thing was I, I was getting burnt out of autism. Mm-hmm. I was I was getting really tired. I needed a break. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be stay-at-home mom for a couple of years and just get away from this autism thing. And then, you know, I think within about a year, ding, 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 ding. Uh, oh. Hello, autism was at my door again. And this time it was for my kid. So that's how that happened in wow. a strange twist of events. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, about around two, I guess, is when we kind of started like you said, you're kind of starting to wonder, okay, something's not adding up here with our child. And um, I, I was actually trying to remember just the other night um, in preparation for this was like, I never, I don't know. I know some families do, but like they know their diagnosis date. I, I don't know the date. I just feel like we've always had autism here. <laughs> I mean, my son's 14 now. So I think that's mm-hmm. probably part of it is just like some of it's just a blur. But, yeah. Um, um it's just it's always it's I mean I think from the get-go I think I kind of always knew I just we just didn't have a name for it and you know um yeah it went went from there so since you worked with kids with autism did you like spot it really early do you feel or were you like no it was your kid it was my kid Mm -hmm. and it was just a case of I heard every uh, cheesy old wives tale cliche of oh he's very you know my my uh, my kiddo was a walking tornado from the from the get go um, you know he was walking at eight months and everybody was telling me oh he's an early walker he'll be a late talker mm-hmm. and um, because he was always very hyperactive and doing his own things people were like oh he's just like he's so go getting he's just doing his own thing he marched you know every mm-hmm. cliche and I was just going oh okay because I was a new mom and I didn't know. So mm-hmm. I was just kind of going with it. But, you know, right around that time when it was about 20 months and I'm reading in my, you know, that wonderful Bible you get when you get, a, you know, when you find out you're pregnant, that what to expect when you're expecting. And then the series of what to expect the baby years and all that stuff. I started reading the toddler version and it's telling me like, <laughs> oh, by 20 months, they should really tr- be trying to talk. And I'm like, gee, kiddo really doesn't do that. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when we started the the process of oh well maybe he had a lot of ear infections so maybe it's his hearing let's go get his hearing tested you know and mm-hmm. I, I think this part everybody's pretty probably for, pretty familiar with in, in some scheme mm-hmm. you do the hearing testing because you're convinced your kid has a hearing issue um oh yeah. and then yeah <laughs> yeah and then you start early intervention and you think this is going to be the thing that just kind of like oh we're just going to play catch up we're going to mm-hmm. just have this extra thing and it's going to help the kid catch up you know and it took me a very long time to realize it's not a case of catching up. We set our own pace and he'll get to those milestones when he gets to them. So, um, but in the beginning it was like, you know, when they first said autism, I'm like, really? Like I really was just gobsmacked in a way. I just didn't see it going there, but. That's so interesting, especially since you were so already like immersed in that world. To me, it was like, oh, he's he's doing his own thing. He's quirky. Cool. I've always do, done my own thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever. You know, like, I, it never even dawned in my peripheral that that might have been it. So It's so crazy because, I mean, it just goes to show, like, we, we all know that quote. And it's still one of my favorites. That's like, if you know one person with autism, you know one person with autism. Exactly. And exactly. it holds up every time. Yeah. Because it's just like, it doesn't matter what, you know, the circumstances, it's like autism looks so different from person to person. And yet Mm -hmm. it's still, it's still autism. So it's, it's so amazing to hear you say that, that like, even, you know, as someone in the field, because there's times Mm -hmm. when I was just saying this to my son's therapist last week, we had a lot of people when Logan was very young, like when he first started earlier intervention, literally say to me, it's not autism. It might be this or that. It's not autism. And then as he got older and some of his behaviors and delays, like you said, weren't catching up, then it was kind of like, hmm, well, is that maybe what it is? Because I had it in the back of my mind the whole time. And then, of course, yeah. once he actually got the diagnosis, then you feel that guilt of like, oh, my gosh, like we should have done this sooner. And mm-hmm. but, but it was like I, I had yeah. all these professionals saying to me. I, I really don't think it's autism. You know, <laughs> we we had a we had a similar thing in the beginning, too, when we first started doing doctor's visits and I would say that would be the first question like oh my god is is he autistic and they would be like no and again it would be a lot of gee you know he's kind of social right oh gee oh he turns when we call his name like there would be all these little you know for some people this would be the checklist and this is when a doctor would say yes your child is on the spectrum but Mm -hmm. 
for us, it was a case of, mm, I don't want to put him in that. And then there was a point where we, he was about three and a half where I finally was like, please just label him something because I was afraid he wasn't going to get the necessary education slash services that he needed. Right. Um, if we didn't name him something, I'm like, I don't care what you put on this kid. Just give him <laughs> some. Um, so true. Yeah. I mean, the know? Labels, like you don't want to get caught up in the labels, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it, sometimes that's the catalyst to move things forward and you need to do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It do, I mean, it does your family no favors to keep your head in the sand oh, about it. A hundred percent. At all. You're, um, especially. Um, and, you know, like you said about you worry because you think, oh, my gosh, how much time did we lose? Because we didn't know or we couldn't get it or we delayed getting it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is and you move on from there. So. Right. And the, the yeah. best thing is just like, you know, what can you do to move forward? Because so. dwelling on the past is not, not going to no. So then, okay, after he got the diagnosis, and what did that look like for you guys then moving forward? Uh, by that point, he was about three and a half. So he was already in an early intervention preschool program. And mm-hmm. that just continued. Um, and then he went into kindergarten, which was like in a self-contained class. And it's been pretty much that since then. He's okay. always been in a self-contained class. Mm-hmm. Um, up until, um, middle school, when he moved to my town's middle school, it was, uh, became clear, um, that it was not e- the appropriate placement for him. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a shame because up to that point, we had a really great experience with our elementary school system with the mm-hmm. special needs program. Um, but you know, then that meant starting all over again. I felt like we were back in a way back at square one when he was three yeah. And trying to figure out, okay, now what do we do with him when he's 12? <laughs> uh, but we were very lucky, and we have a wonderful private school that serves only autistic children uh, oh. that, he att- that he attends, that I am absolutely in love with. And I pretty much told my town, and them, he's not leaving until he's 21. And I just <laughs> found out the other night that they're going to expand to an adult program. I said, great, he's going to be staying then too. too. So, oh my gosh, that's um, amazing. Yeah, so I live in New Jersey and, you know, uh, we are, I don't know if this is lucky or unlucky, depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. We have one of the highest rates of autism in the United States is New Jersey. Really? Uh, yes. So as I like to say, we're number one, we're number one. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> uh, but depending on where you live in New Jersey, in a way, it is a good thing because we had a lot of different schools to look at for him now some of them were completely inappropriate but there were a couple others that were you know high runners like oh you know maybe you know he could do well there mm-hmm. um I-, I know we're incredibly lucky and incredibly blessed because we have that but it's by the design of what's going on in our t- in our state right now is that we need to have these schools we need to have these services because our autism rates are rapidly rising mm-hmm. in our state so um, you know, for a lot of people, I know they, a lot of the most popular question I've ever gotten in the blog is where should I move in, in the United States mm-hmm. for my child to have the best services? I don't have that ma- necessarily a magical list, but I would definitely mm-hmm. say, well, New Jersey is nice and I'm a good neighbor. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's what have been one of the most interesting things to me since starting the podcast is because I mean, I hear from people all over and it's so funny that you say that because I didn't know that New Jersey had such high rates, yeah. but I have had several guests on <laughs> that live in New Jersey. Um, yep. I feel like I'm constantly talking to people in New Jersey. So that is so interesting that you say that because yeah. it really makes sense. Yeah. Um, but there, there, there are so many states that are just like abysmal for service. Oh God. There, the, I, the horror stories I have read that have left me in tears. Yes. It is heartbreaking. It is cause uh, I feel like in, cause we live um, in, you know, Chicago area. Yeah. I feel like we're, we're, pretty we're pretty lucky we have a lot i mean i I think any like you know close like a metropolitan kind of city i think yeah that helps yeah yeah you're you're in a good so it's like i just i never even realized how bad it is in some areas until yeah started talking to people and listeners on the show and it's it really it's so heartbreaking because it's like every kid deserves the best they deserve this the the services and the chance and it's It's not even so much the oh i'm sorry um, it's not even so much they deserve it. They are legally entitled to it. And I exactly. think that's, 
Mm-hmm. One thing I would want to get across to parents, especially if they are new to this, is your child is legally entitled to that education. This isn't some sort of, well, gee, we're going to be nice and give your kid this thing. Mm-hmm. No, they're entitled. There is an American with Disabilities Act, and there's this wonderful thing mm-hmm. called FAPE, which stands for Free and Appropriate Education. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your child is entitled to it. And if your school system cannot provide it, they have to pay for a place for your kid to go to get mm-hmm. it, which is what, in my case, that's what I'm doing right now. My mm-hmm. town is paying for my son to be out of district placement. So, uh, you know, that's one thing I can't stress enough to families is when they say, oh, well, there's no place for my kid to go. No, there is. Your yeah. town might be a pain in the butt about paying for it, but there is. So Yeah. I have a, a listener who I've um, gotten close to who she's in a, a similar situation to what you're saying with like fighting to figure out, okay, well, if the, if the public school isn't appropriate, then we need to give in the private school. Mm-hmm. And like you said, that, that that's on them to pay for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an Not interesting, you. right? Exactly. Um, yep. But that's, that's so, that's so important. To, I feel like there, there's, th- this could be like a whole episode in itself. There's so many, like mm-hmm. just the legality of everything that goes into it. And I, I, I'm every day I learn something new and it's just crazy. Um, so what was that like then? Obviously, like you were saying, the transition from elementary to junior high, most of the guests that I've had on have younger kids. So I know for me personally, that's always something that I have in the back of my mind that, you know, eventually we're going to have to move on. Um, once you found the right placement for him, did everything just kind of click or was it still sort of that transition? Oh, within about two or three weeks, things were so much better that it was ridiculous. Um, and I would keep ca- talking, e- emailing the teacher, calling the teacher, like, okay, do we need to do like more behavior analysis on him to like, w- I was so worried about all these previous behaviors because that's how we found out at his old placement, he wasn't doing very well. As I always say, behavior is communication. If your kid's throwing a desk every day at school, mm-hmm. they're trying to tell you something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was asking, like, are you seeing these behaviors? Should we, you know, like, should we observe more? And they're like, we're not seeing these behaviors. And when we do see behaviors, you know, what we do here is addressing them. Mm-hmm. Like, don't worry. Like, they, there was nothing he walked in doing that that teacher hadn't seen before. Um, <laughs> so I have to say, from as hesitant as I was with going there, because I was feeling, I did feel somewhat bad taking him away from some classmates that he had been in class with literally since he was three. Mm-hmm. to a brand new place he started relaxing more he became more social with the kids these brand new kids that he's never met before he's mm-hmm. suddenly talking about when he's coming home at night and mm-hmm. you know he's talking about the things that they're doing at school during the day his academics went up like you know there was so much progress made so quickly mm-hmm. that I realized okay this is where he needed to be and you know okay. I had to get over I had to get over the fact that it didn't work out the way I thought everything was going to work out that was right. my thing to get over more than it was his. Isn't that always the case? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We have our own milestones that we have to hit. And that was one of mine. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, I got it. <laughs> that is so funny. Okay, so it sounds like then he, like you said, as a child, he he struggled, you know, with his, his speech. But it sounds like now that's not an issue for him. Um, he, still, uh, he still has trouble with his speech. The best way I can describe Kiddo is he's... Very chatty, but some of the ch- the chats are conversations you've had two hundred times with him already. Uh, okay. It's a lot of it's a lot of scripting and scripting for movies, TV mm-hmm. conversations we had three years ago. Uh, you know, conversations he heard other people say mm-hmm. um, lines from books. Um, so it does take a little bit to get spontaneous, real spontaneous conversation out of him. Mm-hmm. But you know, if I had to ask him, you know, what do you want to eat? He could tell me. Uh, you know, things That's, like that. I mean huge that's huge yeah. well, like you said if he's talking about things that you did at school I feel like with typical kids you're like what did you do at school I don't know yeah <laughs> I probably get more than more uh than typical kids do so yeah that's amazing oh my gosh so. um that that I always love to hear that because that's definitely our biggest struggle so whenever I hear about kids who you know struggled early on with speech and then mm-hmm it blossomed that's that's like because I always feel like a win for one is a win for all (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah but I think the biggest thing we started noticing with him when he was really little was that he responded to music uh from and I'm talking from like an infant Mm -hmm. melody he would just start humming along 
even if he couldn't open his mouth to say the words, you could hear him. The way I would always describe it is he would talk, but he just couldn't open his mouth. Mm-hmm. So it would kind of be like, mm-hmm, you know, you know how like the Charlie okay. Brown teacher would yeah. talk? That's yeah. how he would be. He had he had conversations. He just we couldn't understand them. Right. Um, so music started helping with that. Um, he has a great music therapist that we actually go to. But one of the when I we first started with him, he was the one that taught me. He said, music is the one thing in the world where your brain gets a workout on both sides. Both your left and your right brain are going at the same time when you engage in music. So we just started singing everything around our house to help mm-hmm. encourage him to talk because you can sing something before you can say something is what yep. we discovered with him. Mm-hmm. So it's like I happen to be a, a musical geek. <laughs> so my so my house pretty much runs on show tunes as it is. So that's oh, pretty much what we've done. My language. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's we just good. show tune it up big time around here. Uh-huh. Um, and I would just start singing everything that he needed to do. Like, oh, it's time to go brush your teeth, brush your teeth and just make up songs all day. And that's what really started helping him with getting him to talk because that's- he would start singing it before he could say it. That's incredible. So- I, I had a music therapist on um, a while back. I can't remember what number it is. And it, it, it makes so much sense. I feel like why music therapy, especially with kids with autism, like they make that connection with it because like you said, it is working both sides of your brain. And I feel like there, there's like that, that connection that you, you don't need to explain it with music. And it's like, you, you feel that connection and, and it moves you in a certain way that like nothing else does. So it really, it, it's such an amazing tool. I, it never ceases to amaze me what it can do. I mean, for now, it's not even so much a case of speech with him. It's mm-hmm. uh, really helps with his anxiety. Mm-hmm. It kind of, in a way, he gets into a meditative state uh, when he's working with the uh, therapist that he works with now. But mm-hmm. he'll come home and he plays piano. My oh. son plays guitar. Um, I can't read sheet music. My son can read sheet music. Oh Every once God. in a while, I ask him, like, what does that dot mean? <laughs> <laughs> and he literally rolls his eyes and plays the key on the piano, like, duh, you know, like, to show it to me. Um, oh, that's amazing. So it, his brain fascinates me. And yeah. it probably never will not fascinate me. So I know it's, it's always so incredible when when you try to, when you look at things like from their perspective, because, you know, we're so used to just day to day and out and not really thinking about things. And then it's like, Logan makes me really stop and, and think about things sometimes. And it's like, that alone is just such a gift. Cause it's like, I, I would, I wouldn't have this perspective on things if it weren't for him. And it's it definitely changes. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. really does. It, I was talking to my cousin last night about that. I was like, I, you know, you don't imagine to be on this path, obviously, but then once, once you're on it, it's, you are, I, I'm definitely a changed person and I'm changed for the better because I'm stronger and just, I, I more compassionate and just, you just view things so differently as an autism parent, which I was going to ask you. So what was it like then, like now being on the other side of things, like, do you look back on that time when you were working with kids with autism and like see things differently? Oh, absolutely. I've even, I've blogged about it. Um, and not to toot my own horn, but I just spoke, mm-hmm. I was part of the keynote at um, the Autism New Jersey, which is a big charity I, I, here in New Jersey. Are you talking about that? That's amazing. Um, I did my presentation on the fact that I once used to do that job and cause it's literally that whole com- convention is primarily for providers. It's for teachers, it's for therapists, it's for, mm-hmm. you know, those in the field. Um, and I really, I went up there and I said, hi, it used to be you, you know, nothing. <laughs> oh my God. It's so uh, true. <laughs> and I, I say it honestly, and especially me, cause I was fresh face out of college, 25, didn't have kids, wasn't married. I mean, you want to talk about clueless. I was everything, <laughs> um, but I had very well-meaning intention. <laughs> right. You didn't know and, you were clueless. <laughs> uh, yeah. And just like them, very well-meaning. You don't, let's face it. Nobody goes into that field of education for the money. Uh, so clearly I hold all teachers in high regards for that. Yeah. Um, and you certainly don't go in it to be sane because boy, does it make you crazy. But, um, you know, there was definitely so much I did not know. Um, that you know at that con- and that in that keynote I tried to address with them 
mm-hmm. um, things that I so- noticed immediately is just, you know, uh, one of the biggest things that I brought up was just like how completely broke you are uh, financially. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's great if a teacher says, hey, you know, your child really likes this toy or, oh, hey, I think they would really enjoy this computer program or, hey, you know, horseback riding lessons might be great for them. <laughs> and maybe then you can't understand as a teacher, gee, I don't know why they didn't do A, B, or C. Well, maybe because they're broke. You know, they're broke because they're paying for therapies. They're broke because, like us, my husband works. I don't. My kid is 14. I didn't know I'd still be at home mm-hmm. at 14. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so parents are on one income or they have multiple children. And as I like to point out, sometimes multiple children mean you might have multiple diagnosis yeah and you're you're trying to figure out which kid's going to be how much speech therapy you can spread across more than one child yeah um mm-hmm. one thing that i pointed out was you know every year i had the greatest conversation with my um insurance representative which is i would get 30 visits a year for speech therapy paid for for the kiddo and it would be right around visit 28 i'd get a you know phone call saying hey you know you're going to get to your limit what do you want to do? And I would always tell them, well, he's still autistic. So right. <laughs> guess we're going over, you know, yeah. <laughs> guess, guess what it's coming out of pocket. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and you know, that, that's just it. That, you know, these are these things that an average teacher would not know because mm-hmm. it's just simply not, it's, it's not in their skill set necessarily to know mm-hmm. um, these types of things. And this, you know, the stress or the fact that, our days start incredibly early in the morning and sometimes go on till very late at night. And maybe that's why we're not, you know, uh, <laughs> why are we sending our kid in the same outfit three days in a row? Well, maybe because <laughs> the kid's been up since 3 a.m. in the morning and, you know, by day three of that, you're just like, fine, wear the, wear the shirt again. I don't care. Yeah. The day's all um, the one anyway, so. <laughs> you know, exactly. Uh, you know, there's lots of things like that that I think I didn't know as a as a young professional. And I know a lot of parent professionals have told me, even not even so much the younger ones, but older ones have even said to me, ones that have been in the field longer, they're like, you know, thank you for reminding me that. I think we forget yeah. some of that stuff sometimes. So um, I feel like I, I, I made know, a slight difference by addressing them and telling yeah, them that. <laughs> Um, you had asked that story uh, on your, or that, that question on your Instagram, you were like, I'm going to do this. And like, what, what are things that you wish they would know? Yeah. And I had commented and said, I feel like as, as a parent, especially cause my son is nonverbal. There's a lot of times where I just feel like I'm almost like questioned because mm-hmm. we can't ask him something and, and get a, a straight answer. So there, there's so many times where like, I'll send Logan to school and get a phone call later and they're like he's not feeling well and I'm like well is eating because the two biggest things with him is if if he's not eating or if he just like his energy just like plummets and like Mm -hmm. is he eating they're like oh yeah he ate like all his all his lunch all his snacks Mm -hmm. and I'm like and how's his energy they're like oh he's he's running around like crazy and I'm like he's He's fine fine. (laughs) (laughs) yep pretty much the same here yeah like the school nurse the teacher and it's like I, I always feel like they're they're just like questioning like like and maybe this is me just being sensitive because I'll admit it I'm totally sensitive but it's like almost like they're like oh she doesn't know what's going on with her kid like she sent him to school today and he's not feeling well and it's like no he probably is just like having an off day and he's a little cranky which if you or I were a little cranky we could just say I'm sorry I'm having an off day I'm a little cranky he's not able to say that so like you said yeah. it's, it's going to come out in in behaviors which logan really doesn't have much but he will mm-hmm. like protest a little bit if he's not not feeling of course. and like you know kids they're, they're up and down like i i have a three-year-old she's crabby most of the time <laughs> like, yeah oh she's a three-nager three-nager i think oh, is the term i love that it's yeah. it's totally appropriate literally everybody says terrible twos no three no. three is evil she, she um turned three and overnight she became a three-nager it's i mean she's always, she's been a bear to deal with since the beginning but yeah th- this has been a <laughs> i think i I stress that to parents a lot. Like, you know, if you get that communication notebook and you're, you're supposed to write a little something, mm-hmm. my kid's been up since three, they're going to know. Yeah. I'll tell them. Mm-hmm. And you know, that way I would, I would get those phone calls too, as I always call them the phone calls of shame, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, like <laughs> it is like that though. It's like, the, like you feel like they don't trust yeah. your judgment on your child sometimes. Mine would be, oh, he, what was, one was, he was blinking too much, which I always laughed about that. Um, 
twirling his hair a lot and i'm like well that's his stim like he likes to twirl hair just be grateful it's his hair and not yours because he's done that too (laughs) um you know things like that and i I remember one time i was just out of pure pure frustration because they kept calling me about things like oh gee he's not just himself i'm like take him to the bathroom he probably has to poop yeah that's you that's you and sure enough i got a phone call an hour later yeah that's what he needed to do yep Mm -hmm. and it's like playing sherlock you're just guessing half the time and i i tell it it's easier now with the teacher that I've been working with, with the kiddo, because she's been in the field for a while. But I, I have to stress that with teachers, like, we're just as clueless as you are sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to throw stuff at a wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Maybe it's a case of our kid needs to go poop. And maybe it's a case of our kid is really thirsty and needs to get a drink of water. Mm-hmm. We just don't know any more than you do. Right. So. But we're doing our best. We're doing oh, our yeah. best. <laughs> yeah. So. I feel like I always have to stress that because it's like, I there yeah, there are times when I, I feel like I have to kind of go on the defense. And I'm like, I, I, like, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I have a probably a little better idea about what's going on with him than they do. Yeah. Um, but that that can be tough sometimes because yeah, I just I feel like my judgment is questioned, and I'm just like, I I'm doing the best that I can here. <laughs> it's a tricky position to be in because we feel like we're being judged by them, but at the same time, we're asking them for help, and they're looking at us like, uh-huh. well, what do you think? Well, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you can't judge me, but at the same time, consider me the expert. So <laughs> we have to work together on this for um, sure. Logan was at a new school this year because he started kindergarten, and now mm-hmm. like we're you know obviously we're getting towards the end of the year, um, and I feel like we're in a, a better spot because yeah, he he's used to it. Preschool. Right, he'd been yeah. at the same preschool, and the, you know we had a few of those calls here and there, but it was like they got to know him, he got to know them, and everything worked out pretty smoothly but then at the new school it was like definitely they needed to kind of learn his quirks and different things and different facets so it's it's lessened um but yeah there especially in the year I felt like there was a lot of a lot of calls where it was just like a lot of back and forth <laughs> I would tell anybody that has uh, and this is another popular question is oh my god my kid's gonna get a different teacher next year they've had the same teacher for three years or two years you know and they're freaking out and my first thing is okay well if your kid was typical they'd be getting a new teacher every year right so Mm -hmm. just suck that up i get it yeah but that's just what it would be and then the second thing you do is great okay make an appointment to meet with a brand new teacher who's gonna get your kid five days a week Mm -hmm. and write out even you know keep a list and i always say email we live in smartphone technology world email is at your fingertips you could be sitting there at night watching tv and email a teacher mm-hmm. and you can say, Hey, this is what's been going on in my house this week. If something has particularly gone around, like, you know, maybe your spouse went away on a work trip and that really threw a king through the works because, you know, when dad's not there, then, then X, Y, Z of the normal routine isn't being, being done, mm-hmm. you know, fill teachers in on stuff like this stuff. And if it's a new teacher, like, yeah, this is my kid. This is how these are three things that really motivate him. These are his three favorite foods. These are, um, you know, three favorite songs he likes things like that a teacher getting that kind of information is very valuable to them as well because they'd like to know who this person is that's coming into their class mm-hmm. i've never seen a teacher say no to that kind of information coming to them like don't bother i don't need it <laughs> they no. don't want it <laughs> right right no they want it i think having those those open lines of communication and, and it can be difficult when it's a new teacher but it's like you and I think as as advocates as mothers we are used to kind of doing that and it's like you just have to throw it out there and like you said just make that connection send the email phone call because they usually are really open to it but it's like you just have to get to that place where it's like the communication is open yeah yeah I mean I can get it I mean I've so many parents have said oh I don't want to lose this teacher because she you know she finally gets my kid and I'm like well, you can do what I do, which is stalk them down on social media after they don't have your kid anymore and then friend them, which is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple of those. So, yeah. Yeah. I took, I took one of kiddos, very beloved elementary school teachers with me to a concert because she and I get along so well. So, Aww. I mean, you know, it doesn't mean that the relationship has to end. It's just, right. you know, it's a different. And frankly, it's kind of good to have that in your back pocket because, when the kiddos started having trouble when he was at middle school, I was able to call on those teachers and be like, oh, my God, help me. Mm-hmm. We're having all these issues. What do I do? Because yeah. they knew him better than anybody. They just had him for five or six years. So at school setting, because it's like I, you know, we know our kids as mom, yeah. but like they have a different relationship. Yeah teachers and therapists exactly and their information to me at that time was very valuable and very helpful 
uh, and helped us get us to the right place where we needed to go because they were able to get on in there. They knew him better than anybody. So, yeah. you know, so I always say to families, just stalk your, fr- your former teachers on social media. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe some socialists, maybe some teachers right now are listening to this and going, no, don't do that. Don't do yeah, that. Right? No, we do. <laughs> Sorry, we do. And when you get a new teacher, you always look them up. Even if their profile is set to private, look at that profile picture. What does it look like to you? <laughs> I'm do telling all the research. secrets now. Yeah. Do your research. Oh my exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, not for nothing, but we had recently um, through the state, we've been applied for respite care and we were approved for it, but we're still looking for a respite worker, which is there's the catch. Um, mm-hmm. They sent somebody here for us to interview and it became quite clear within five minutes that this person had very, very little experience. She had literally just turned 20 the day before. So oh she was super, yeah, super young, very nice, but completely inexperienced. And, you know, I just went on, went on the gram <laughs> within 10 minutes, found her profile. And let's just say there was quite, quite a bit of stuff that was of uh, illegal activity. And we'll leave it at that. Oh, my. Uh, okay. That a 20 year old is stupid and would post, of course, right. on their social media. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. I'm not going to have this person in my house. I'm not having this person with my kid. Yeah. And I then sure. had to call her boss and be like. I had to, you know, I was kind of very cagey. I didn't want to really necessarily want to say mm-hmm. what I was worried about. But at the same time, I was like, let's just say I did my research on her and I found out more about her than you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you to find out that stuff. And they were yeah. kind of shocked that I had like even did that. You know, <laughs> like you're sitting yeah. in my house to be with my kid. You think I'm not going to do that? Oh, my gosh. Oh, maybe some other parent will be slacking, but it ain't going to be this one. So, <laughs> No. Um, I am familiar with um, with the term respite worker, but will you mm-hmm. explain for anyone who's not? Uh, respite, basically, for lack of better words, is a fancy way of saying someone who get, watches your kids so you can get a break. Um, yeah. And it can be many different ways. There's overnight respite, which is mm-hmm. sometimes the child goes to, I guess, for lack of better words, a group home for a weekend. Mm-hmm. And the family stays in their home without the child and they get a break mm-hmm. or sometimes respite is just sim- simply like typical. It looks like a typical babysitting. They come over mm-hmm. for a couple hours, you go out and do something and they hang out with your kid at home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's date. It's different with every state. So I can't mm-hmm. speak and say, Hey, just apply to this program. And that's the end of it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. In New Jersey right now, like I said, we were approved quickly for respite, getting the workers, another story. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, right now, they are very keen on us to do this thing called self-hire respite, which is basically we find the worker and then we would file paperwork and eventually get paid through the state. Oh, I'm, not okay. too, I'm not too hopeful on that because my whole thing is if I could find somebody to work with my kid, I wouldn't have been at me respite to begin with. Yeah. Um, so we're working on that. But That's something that I have talked about before in the podcast. I don't know if I've talked about with other people, but it's definitely um, it's something that you don't you don't really think about unless you have a child with special needs. Cause it's like, if you have typical children, then, you know, finding a babysitter is like, Oh, it's nothing. No, you hire no. the 17 year old down the street. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and you don't think twice um, about it. Yeah. Like yeah. just this weekend, we had a family wedding for my side of the family and my mom and my sister are really the only people that babysit for Logan. I, my, my daughters, I have others that I would mm-hmm. let babysit, but and, and even then, honestly, like he has therapy part of the day. So it's like, they're mm-hmm. not with all three of my kids yeah. you know, on their own. Um, and it's just because it's a lot of work and, yeah. and there's, there's a lot that goes into it. So yeah, yeah for, for the, the wedding, my, 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 all my babysitters were there. So my husband had to stay home and watch the kids. Cause it's like, we didn't have anybody yeah. who, you know, can, can babysit. And I'm like, sorry. I'm like, you're going to have to stay home. I'm like I'm flying solo to this wedding because it's not as simple as just like, Oh yeah. You know, we'll, we'll get a babysitter and pretty what? Yeah. It's pretty much what our situation is as well. If it's not a family member watching him, we don't go. Yeah. It's just that simple. And it, it sucks. Um, but <laughs> it's like you said, what can you do? I mean, yeah. I know a lot of people say, Oh, do you go on care.com? You think I haven't by this point? <laughs> right. right. Uh, uh, yeah. It's it's not easy. I know some people have had success by asking um, 
paraprofessionals that work in classrooms sometimes are looking for babysitting hours. And those mm-hmm. are great sources. If you can find them, great. If they're looking for the hours, super. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I remember this back in college, which is what kills me, is now I, of course, I can't find it. But they used to call, I majored in psychology. And I remember our psych, our psych professors all the time would always be like, hey, there's this family looking for help. And it would always be to a, a child that had either autism or some sort of special need. And the parents would be calling the education department or the psychology department thinking, oh, there's got to be some student here that at least will have some sort of idea of what's mm-hmm. going on with our child. That might. So that's another resource, too. If you live by a local college, you could try that. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, right now, and, and we're, we're kind of lucky because kiddo, because he is 14, there is some maturity that's helped with a lot of things where we couldn't take him to something before. Well, now maybe we could take him for part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's certain events like, um, this is hard for me to speak about, but like, you know, a couple of years ago, I lost my dad. Um, there was no way I could take kiddo to the funeral. There's just no way. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, that sucks. Like I literally, but you know, my mom and my brother understood what we were going through and they were like, all right, don't worry. We're going to plan the funeral service for when he's in school. So at least during those hours, we know where he is and you don't have to worry about it. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are the types of choices that sometimes we as families have to make that suck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, and there's no other way to put it. It just, yeah. sucks. Mm-hmm. you know, but I wasn't gonna bring him into that situation right. and have it be potentially really confusing and weird for him because, you know, as much as we were telling him things like, oh no, Papa passed away, Papa went to heaven. Mm-hmm. Walking into a, let's face it, is weird for a typical person to walk into a funeral home. Mm-hmm. Add, add autism to that. But, yeah. you know, something we can't do. So for us, I'm not going to say for everybody, but for, for my family, it wouldn't work. Well, um, especially like you're, I mean, you yourself are, are grieving and it's a, a difficult yeah. time for you. Yeah. So then to have the, the added stress of, you know, worrying that. about your child. It's like, it's yeah. a difficult situation. Yeah. We actually, um, another time when didn't have a babysitter my aunt passed away last summer and my husband had to had like hey he had to work and it was like a crazy work situation that he could not get out of so my now my kids are little so it was like they I don't think they understood exactly what was going on and like Logan I mean we told him where we were going um and it was just for like the church service it was not like anything like you said like at a funeral home um But yeah, just, just like I, I had to bring him and that, cause again, I had no one, there's no one that can, can watch him. Yeah. So like, and it was in the summer, he didn't school. Um, yeah. So there, there are definitely those tough situations where it's like, yeah. you just, unless you have a kid with special needs, yeah, you just you wouldn't know it. it. <laughs> well, even I had a doctor situation, which is, um, where the, uh, the doctor called me back to come in for doing some testing. And I purposely said to him on the phone, like, listen, can we delay it till the next, the following week? because my son will be back in school at the time. It was right before September when mm-hmm. in New Jersey, we don't go back until September. I know at other parts of the country, you guys go back earlier, but, mm-hmm. and he was just like, Ami, like, why can't you just come in? I'm like, well, my son is home from school. And he's just like, we'll bring him with you. And I'm like, mm. I can't leave him in the waiting room, but he's just hearing that I have at the time, a 12 year old son. He's like, just leave your 12 year old in the waiting room. Big deal. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Nope, can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. And mm-hmm. you know, that third, and I got off the phone with him. So frustrated. I'm thinking, this is a general practitioner who did not understand what this medical condition was about. Oh, they don't know. They and I'm like a specialist. I'm, they don't know. Yeah, and I'm mm-hmm. sitting there thinking, who the hell am I going to take this kid to when he's a a 21 year old, an adult? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's eventually going to need medical care, and who's he going to go to? Because mm-hmm. this guy doesn't know anything about it. <laughs> For sure, you know. That was- something that I wanted to ask you because obviously okay so he's 14 now yeah uh, what what has it been like with him getting older and like puberty like have you because I, I I know I've oh. talked to parents who've said like you know just kind of like that hormone shift and sometimes like bring out more behaviors or like make things difficult have you guys noticed that at all <sighs> well he's definitely very 14 I can I can there's you know there's typical behaviors you see Mm-hmm. Eye rolling, there's talking back. <laughs> um, and he'll do things that remind me so much of myself. It's just that, you know, he would come home to his after school and he immediately goes to his room and closes the door and puts on music, which yeah. 
I can't think of a more typical 14 year old thing to do than that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, there's also because of the moodiness with his hormones, um, we've had to deal with, he now has acne and that's mm. now become a new thing. Like, you know, we kind of thought we had the hygiene thing down. Nope. Let's throw that into it. And I'm yeah. going to teach him how to take care of his skin by, okay, you got to put this special cream on when you have a little pimple like that. And, mm-hmm. uh, he's getting a beard. He's starting to grow hair on his chin, 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 which I do not like. I keep telling him, I'm like, stop growing. <laughs> you need to stop. I don't care for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, these are the things that we are now tackling. And with communication issues being in play, it's not fun. Um, mm-hmm. His behaviors, not good as I say this, um, lately have not been that bad. Mm-hmm. But when they're bad, they're bad. I mean, he yeah. is this, he is an inch taller than me. I'm 5'6", so he's about 5'7". Mm-hmm. Um, he's, I think, 130-something pounds. If he's not going to want to do something, guess what? He ain't doing it. And there's nothing I can do to stop him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I have many a hole in my wall that he has kicked. Oh, wow. Um, I've had times where he has grabbed at me and left hand marks on my arms. Um, mm-hmm. that later, you know, as soon as he's out of the meltdown, he doesn't even, you know, he has no, I don't want to say no remorse, but he just has no memory of having done it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or understanding that that's what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, when the behaviors come, they're not, they're not fun. We try to write them out right now. It's just kind of moody anxiety more than anything. Um, okay. I, I often say with my husband, I can handle autism, but the anxiety is a bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's, sure. that's the worst part right now is dealing with his anxiety. He's such an anxious kid and oh. just constantly needing to be reassured of the schedule of what things are going to happen when, um, that's been a real challenge lately since teenage years more than anything. So yeah, I, I remember again, you posted on Instagram recently about him having a late start day mm-hmm. and how it's going to throw everything off. And we never, we hadn't experienced that until this year. Logan had his first late start day and it was like the worst day he's had in a long time. Oh, they suck. Oh my God. It was so much they worse suck. snow day. Cause it's like snow day. You, you just know, okay, we're going to hunker down. Yep. I mean, it's not pleasant, but it's like you can make it work. But that being off the routine, like I, I got notes home saying he was just upset all day. He mm-hmm. was off by it. And then he had therapy. He was acting out in therapy. I mean, it's just a yeah. I'd rather have the snow day because at least there's snow. <laughs> You're not <laughs> going to school. You can go outside and play. Okay. Right. Like, you know, right. you can at least. But when you have a snow, either a delayed opening or an early dismissal, forget it. It's mm-hmm. he came home with an early dismissal about three weeks ago. And all I heard about was what he was missing. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing with delayed opening is, you know, I said to him, okay, the van driver is going to be at nine 30 today, not your usual time. And I never heard from the moment the van should have picked him up to the moment the van actually picked him up. <laughs> he didn't go 30 seconds without asking me, is it nine 30? Is it nine 30? And he can yeah. tell time. Uh-huh. He, is, he knows how to do it. But it was li- he could not handle that it wasn't 9.30 yet. So, yeah. That's By the time he found that van, I was, I closed the door and I was just like, oh, God, help me. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. so tired. <laughs> and it was 9.30 and I had to start my day. And I'm like, oh, no, I want to just go back to bed. <laughs> oh. But it, uh, like, breaks your heart, too. Because yeah, it's, it's just, like, you know this that, like, this is so hard for them to, to have that, make that adjustment. And... Yeah. It's it's just like it's so you just wish you could take it all away, you know. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I I know you know. Oh my gosh. Well, Eileen, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> I feel we'll like coming back you, later. Yeah. No, <laughs> like so I mean, obviously just like your insight as an autism mom, but I think because you have been at it for so long and like been on the other side of things, um, just the perspective that, that you have and I, I feel like you've just given so many little like nuggets of wisdom here which i oh. i'm so grateful for and i know all the listeners will be too do you want to share where people can connect with you uh absolutely thank you um you can find me at autism with a side of fries on facebook i am also autism with a side of fries on instagram mm-hmm. uh if you're looking for me on twitter i'm at french fry inc 
um, <laughs> because somebody took uh, Mama Fry, and boy, was I mad about that. Anyway, <laughs> I was so mad. But, um, yeah. oh. but, and my blog is autism with a side of fries uh, dot blogspot.com. Um, but find me, Facebook and Instagram is where I'm, I primarily hang out because I'm a 40 something year old woman. That's what we dig. So, yeah. <laughs> That's our ground, man. <laughs> I, I forgot to ask, but I have to know. What made you call it autism with a side of fries? Because he is by far a uh, half potato at this point. That is his absolute okay. favorite Loves food. Okay. Loves so fries. I love fries because you've talked yes. before, but I wasn't sure if that was what. Yeah. So it's yeah. just like, he, okay, that's how that's how my son is newly with bacon. It's like he literally, if you cut him open, <laughs> all you'd find is bacon. <laughs> Any fry, any fry will do. And at the, at a time there was literally, that was all he was eating. So oh, yeah. hmm. it's gotten better, but yeah, still okay. that's, his, that's his, his, everything, every once in a while, even on the hardest days, I'm like, just make another side of fries. We'll get through it. One side of fries at a time. So I love that. I mean, he's a smart kid who doesn't love fries. Exactly. Or bacon. <laughs> I'm going to give Logan's right. Logan is absolutely right. Team Logan on this one. So. Bacon, yeah, he's he's a he's a big fan of the bacon. It's so funny every time I'm like cooking bacon all day long now, and he's <laughs> whenever he's here, he's like, oh, this house always smells so good because it always smells like bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love it? Exactly. Thank, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming, Eileen. It was so great to chat with you. I'm glad we were able to finally do this. Yes, we were. <laughs> all right. You take care. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Eileen. I just think that she is amazing. (laughs) Um, It's so cool when you talk to someone who you have followed for a long time because you like, I feel like I know her even though I don't. (laughs) Um, But I still learned, learned so much about, about their journey. And um, I just think that like, like I had said before, the fact that she kind of came out and was sharing these stories and being so open and honest back when not a ton of people were is just so amazing. And every little bit of wisdom she has, I feel is so valuable. And her perspective, especially is just, it's very, it's very unique. And I think that it's really important for especially moms who are starting out in their journey, moms and dads and any, anyone else who's listening. Um, I think just hearing, hearing that perspective and from someone who has been doing this for a while, sharing for, for a while and going through it even longer, uh, is just, it's, it's incredible. So thank you again so much, Eileen, for, coming on the pod. And thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast or on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018. Again, I love to hear from you guys. It is just makes my day every time. Um, and again, if you are enjoying the show, please leave reviews on on Apple podcast. It really does help people find the show and just spread the love. So that's all for now. And thank you so much for listening. Take care.